With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hail Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. It's the rare afternoon recording for me and you, Brandon. We normally record... uh, it's very dark outside. The windows are shut. <laughs> shut out. I shut out the city of New York when I record. But right now, the sun is shining. Uh, I have had a very good game week, as have you. And it's not over yet. It's it's about as good as. It, listen, I've come on here and complained many times before. I try to. I'm trying to trying to ratchet down the complaining. Ratchet. The people up. love it though, Josh. The people. Love I know they do. Complain. Complaining is more fun than 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 things going well. I I, I will. You know, the drama is more fun. But. Uh, I just I had to have a really good game week and then have the triple captain, the second match of that still to go, and it feels like a free roll. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very good feeling. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that to brag. It's just it's just enjoy the good moments when they happen in fantasy because there's lots of lots of crummy game weeks where you're like, why am I even doing this? And you do this because every now and then the stars align and it feels so fun. It's, yeah. You feel like you've you've solved the game for a week, and then next week the game will will, you know, humble you again, but enjoy the moments when you feel like you've cracked it, uh, you know, when, when they come. So uh, how are you feeling right now? We're obviously, we just finished watching the um, Spurs, somewhat surprising, although I guess when I saw the Man City lineup, I was like, it kind of felt like Spurs <laughs> should be favored to win this one, right? It's a weird, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a weird it, time. The, the, the city lineup is like uh, somebody dumps out some uh, jigsaw puzzle pieces, and you're pretty sure that a couple are missing. You're like, well, yeah, we can we can put this puzzle together, but it's not going to be at all satisfying. And <laughs> yeah. it, it it does feel like Pep might be uh, self sabotaging in in new and mysterious more mysterious ways this season. It's not like he can tank yeah. City and get like a higher draft pick or something like that, but he is seemingly trying to make points to players and to journalists and to fans uh, who aren't, yeah. who just aren't listening. <laughs> they, they don't like, Pep, yeah. we don't care. Like if, if, if you're making a point and losing doing so. Right. It's like the Cancelo thing is still so odd to me. Uh, you know, he, this happened. The move happened after we recorded last week's podcast and he was off to Bayern, I think, like the next day. And, yeah, I read I read an interesting article in The Athletic that sort of explained the breakdown. And and it was like, OK, no one's bigger than the club, whatever, whatever. And I, I, I sort of I, I just sort of appreciated Cancelo just being like, I have to play. I cannot live with not playing. Like there was some part of me that's like, I think I would have been like, you know, if I was if I was a professional or whatever. It's like he went to the World Cup and he came back and he didn't have a spot anymore. And it just drove him insane. And uh, he then he's gone to Bayern. He's had two assists in his first two matches uh, with them and 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 whatever. But like it, it was just it kind of feels like that's like a management failure. Like, couldn't you just talk him through this a little bit or just play him a little more, too? It doesn't seem like they're I mean, they're not they're not keeping clean sheets and they're not attacking especially well. So I, it feels like 
I don't know. Even today, it was like, man, if they had Cancelo, they could have brought him out at halftime. Might have made a difference. I mean, they were working yeah. anything from the fullback spots in that match. You're not going to get along with everybody who you work with, uh, who you work for, who reports to you. And this is not the Pep, the first time Pep's done this. I mean, famously, Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, could yeah. not get along with Pep, and it wasn't like uh, Zlatan went on to to accomplish nothing in his life. So yeah, you've got to figure. I don't know how I transition from your positive attitude to trying to dismantle the the kingdom of Pep Guardiola. But here we well, are. No, I think just... I, th- I think the why I brought it up is because thinking about my team, um, one of the things that went wrong for me this week, and I am coming off of a, a, a good score like you, is is Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and yep. the Kevin De Bruyne, he's now basically, I've got him in the same little pod as Gabriel Martinelli, and we'll have to discuss what to do with these types of players ahead of the double yep. game week in game week 23. But uh, coming where we are right now in game week 22, both of us played the triple captain on Marcus Rashford. I'm feeling good about good decisions, but also these chip decisions plague us every season. When do I play them? Uh, is it going to work out? Am I going to waste them? Are chips just dumb? And to basically have a simple story that we wanted to tell with the Marcus Rashford triple captaincy for it to come off as planned and still with one match to go in this game week, it feels, it just feels great. And certainly a lot of people listening out there will have hoped for the same thing with Holland the previous double game with City double game week where he only yeah. got eight points and uh, maybe yeah. they're too They're the ones out, who want right? us to <laughs> shut up right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, trust us when we say we have been on worse ends of that oh. triple captaincy nothing, deal. Nothing will get worse than uh, this is uh, you know, like four years ago now. And uh, Sadio Mane, there were, there were three caps, three great captain options. This was peak Trent Alexander-Arnold. Peak Mosala and and peak Sadio Mane, I suppose. And you could kind of go with any of those three for this for this double gaming. They were all great options. And I went with Sadio Mane, who was maybe like a little bit of a differential uh, triple captain pick. I think most people were going with with, with Salah, the, the logical. Mm-hmm. If I look back at many moments in my FPL career that things didn't go right, it usually involves me not captaining Salah when I when I should have. <laughs> um, and it was like 18 minutes into the first match of this double game week, Sadio Mane, who never gets injured ever, uh, goes down <laughs> with some kind of hamstring injury and he's out. He gets one point and then I think Salah gets like two goals and assist. Trent gets a clean sheet and an yeah. assist or something. It's basically like they, they both outscored him by like 20 points in that in that one big game week. So yeah, it, we've all been there. So again, when I was talking about the sort of the pot, it's enjoy and you know, really enjoy the, the moments. I mean, it's, obviously like it's every, funny though, I just want to yeah. jump in because it comes back to Pep and him bombing players out of the squad because my one point triple captaincy was with Leroy Sané when he was in this incredible <laughs> form for City and then magically in this double game week when I triple cap him is when Pep decides he needs to leave. He also ended up going to yeah. Bayern Munich but um, it's funny how that works. So yeah, yes. Uh, yeah. You got to take the the strikes with the gutters as, Le- as Lebowski would say and, and here we are coming <laughs> off of a bit of I a know. strike and so I'm on 79 points. You're on 80 and, you know, we're definitely in contention for the Century Club when we look ahead to the next Manchester United match. 
I think so. We both have the same uh, three players, which means I can, I can lock in a one point victory over you this week, Brandon, which I which I, lock which I enjoy. We're not doing the head to head this year. We should have we should have set that up. Uh, but yeah, we <laughs> he both says now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I say it now. Uh, but yeah, so we both have Shaw. Fernandez and and Rashford captain uh, to go for that that final match on Wednesday. So yeah, I am just outside the uh, top ten k. Um, and in fact, I, I you know on live FPL where it shows you how many points you are off the the top ten k eighteen thirty seven whatever. It actually says that I'm a, I'm a, I'm zero points off the top ten k. <laughs> so technically, I think I might be tied with too like many transfers you've made seven hundred managers. Yeah, exactly. So I I'm not gonna call myself inside the top ten k because I'm technically not, but I am I'm right. Right on the cusp, which feels good. And you are, what, like top 50K now? You've made a yeah, huge... Yeah, I guess last, last week I weeks. said my uh, my re, uh, sort of recalibrated goal was top 50K. Here I am. Stop the yeah. count. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, yeah. finishing here on 49,000. So, you know, uh, as mentioned with this, uh, with Rashford still to go again, how far can I go? I don't know. So, so now, yeah, yeah I, I, it would be silly for me to not target the top 10K. But once you stop 20K, once right? you start like, setting your sights that that high, that's when you start to fall. But this is my highest uh, game week rank of the season. I think I topped out at like uh, around 55K in game week 10. So this feels great. great. I feel great. I'm on a yeah. really good run right now. Yeah. And uh, and, and then, yeah, with, with Wednesday still to go. So I, I think... Um, yeah, I think I think at least top twenty k. I was surprised. I looked at our points, and um, I, I there was a moment there where we were we were quite far apart. I think we're only about thirty two points uh, separated at this point too. So um, that, that's a good indication too of, of the kind of range of, of of points and how they're distributed throughout the throughout the game. Right, uh, thirty points is basically the difference between fifty k and ten k right now. So you can kind of map that backwards between. Mm-hmm. 50k to 100k and and, and so on so um all right well that yeah uh, the pep stuff is just well, okay so we need we need to talk about it. it's actually really important because game week 23 yet another double game week and it's not just any double game week it's arsenal and man city are the two squads that play twice in game week 23 and they're both in a very weird spot right now uh you have you have martinelli who is who's totally out of form and kind of has this this usurper in trossard uh, hanging out there uh worryingly and uh and then with man city we have just uh you know 13 defenders for for four spots and 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 kdb out of form and even holland has blanked three of his last five matches so there's a lot of a lot of interesting uh, things happening right now so that the pod today we got you know we put up the call for questions like we do every week and so many of the questions were were about Man City and Arsenal and I, I was trying to figure out how to sort of do this in a way because there's a lot of context involved here what is the best who are the best three players to own well it kind of depends on what your what your team structure looks like right I mean it's you can I can just say the best three players that I think but you know what I mean what happens if one of them is 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 um you know, someone like like Enketia. Well, I'm not bringing Enketia because I already have Holland. I have Mitro who plays Forrest at home and I have Harry Kane, right? So even mm-hmm. if I think he's the best option, he doesn't make sense for my own squad. And so the idea for this pod is let's run through all of the players that you could possibly consider for Arsenal <laughs> yeah. and all of the players you could possibly consider for Man City and just talk a little bit about how like how, how we rate them and, and what we think about about them. And I hope by doing that and sort of depending on what you you need as a manager, it will be helpful. And then after that, we've got a couple of questions, questions about 
what, you know, if you still have the triple captain, is it worth going for for Holland in twenty five? Uh, keeping this this blank game week in mind for people who 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 have forgotten or, or didn't know uh, in game week 25. So two, two game weeks from this, this upcoming one uh, it's the league cup final. And uh, because of that, Newcastle, Brighton, Brentford, and Man United will all be off um, for that weekend. They will not, they will not have matches that weekend. So any transfer that you make, you kind of need to keep this in mind that, yep. Um, you look at your squad and make sure that you're not taking out one of the few players you might have who actually mm-hmm. plays in 25. This is actually one of the reasons when we talked in last week's pod, I was really seriously looking at Enketia. And then one of the reasons I didn't was because Mitro plays in 25 and going for an, another Arsenal midfielder just, just made things a lot easier for me long-term not having to solve that problem. So anyway, uh, so that's, that's where we are. And um, I did want to quickly uh, shout out our newest Patreon supporters, Brandon, uh, Anton Titoff, Jeff Merlihan, Sam Driver, and Fadi Zelhoff. So thank you to our thank newest. You These guys. are all just, just, yeah, just since February kicked off. So uh, thank you. And, and Brandon, you and I have both been really active in the Discord. I know you've really been enjoying it. I have, yeah. You know, it was a long time Slack users. Any platform, when you transition to another, you're just like, well, this is awful. I don't get it. Um, I'm starting to get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm starting yep, to feel like yep. a, a native Discord user. So, uh, you, nice job setting the table there uh, about about just sort of like talking through these city and arsenal assets to figure out which three work. And one, one player who we didn't really talk about at the start of the pod was Bruno Fernandez, who uh, it was a big talking point going into the game week 22 deadline. It, isn't 22 one of those odd weeks where you sort of ranked the three players to have, uh, mm-hmm. top one being Rashford, middle one being Bruno, lower one being Luke Shaw, and those were yeah. the Manchester United players who came through. That is Beautiful. has to be the... <laughs> it never the, happens. <laughs> it, it never happens, but is Manchester United a, a particular type of squad where you could actually tell that better than, or like... Where the, how I tend to think about City and Arsenal is there these more um, amoeba-like play styles where they spread the fantasy points around because you never know who's going right. to pop up with the goal unless Holland is doing one of his Holland things. In Manchester United, there's you, you can kind of see the path to the goal a little bit more clearly with them. Yeah. Or would it have not been a surprise to you if it was... Casemiro, Martinez, and uh, Anthony, who were the top three getters, point getters in 22? That's a good question. I mean, I suppose before the Casemiro red, right, the goal the goal was scored after the Casemiro red, right? I yes. have that, right, have that right. right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So before that, I mean, there was a decent chance that that a couple of those defenders would have would have ended up on bonus points in the end. So it could have been close. I mean, even Rashford wasn't. I don't. I don't think he was necessarily even a lock for bonus points with the goal and assist right. uh, before before that goal was conceded. So a little bit unlucky, I think, for anyone who who, who doubled up there. I, I seriously considered Martinez for a while just because it it would have made things so much easier and it would have allowed me to keep Kevin De Bruyne. And um, at the moment, that clearly that feels that feels okay. Um, we'll we'll see about next. I'm I'm still there's still I, there's still a chance I bring Kevin De Bruyne back uh, just just for. Uh, just for um, defensive purposes more than anything else. I mean, his ownership's going to be really high, and um, I don't really want to go into a double game week with like a 50 or 60% owned player not in my squad, right? How, were, you, a, were you reaching for the panic button when Bruno takes that penalty um, 
or I want to say of myself that I sat back on my couch and said, don't worry, Brandon, all that talk mm-hmm. about possibly captaining Bruno, it is not in this moment blowing up in your face. Have some yeah. patience. Rashford will, he not only did Rashford get the assist, but he will come good. And he did by the skin of our yep. teeth. Rashford outscored Bruno. Yeah. Um, but I thought you were going to ask your life panicked. Blood? Yeah, well, I actually, it's sort of slightly different. It was that I have been through so many missed Mitrovic pens the last few weeks yeah. that I have I have a kind of penalty trauma right now. <laughs> it's uh-huh. hard for me to uh, watch any of these pens and not assume that something's going to go wrong. It's going to get yeah. saved or, or missed or whatever. It was, it was pretty even though I traumatic hate, stress. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I hate Bruno's run-up still. I, I do not like the staggered step run-up. It feels like so many little components of your footwork could go wrong there and, and screw those up. But yep. uh, but anyway, uh, he, he scores. And then, I yeah, I, I was kind of with you. I just assumed that it, it, I was like, well, if Rashford is going to pick up an assist eight minutes into this match, that uh, he's going to get another chance or two to, to yep. do something. And he was all yep. over the ball. And, you know, I think that, that makes me feel really good about the Leeds match um, as well. I, Bruno is an interesting case because, um, and I guess maybe we're jumping ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but um, I, I feel like he was good. But I, I, and we'll see, I, I, I don't want to make any decision about Bruno until after Wednesday. Uh, I really want to see how he plays uh, in that, in that Wednesday match. But, you know, he takes the pen outside of that. I didn't feel like he was just completely essential fantasy wise. Like it doesn't seem crazy to me to, to drop him at the moment uh, for an Arsenal mid or um, Man City, you know, going Bruno to Mares or, or whatever, mm-hmm. even KDB it doesn't seem totally out, out of bounds to me. Uh, so he's know, a, has a little bit yeah. of like James Ward Prowse fantasy energy insofar as if Bruno does anything uh, fantasy yeah. related, if he, uh, if he connects on an assist or scores a goal, he's in the bonus. And yep. for a player like that, that can be massive. <laughs> and um, yep. I mean, I think yep. he's going to have more points than JWP by the end of the season. But um, I, I like, have I ever thought James Ward Prowse was essential? But um, it, it just kind of worked out with you with kind of going back to what I was saying about it being a little bit more linear how goals are scored by Manchester United. If Rashford is going to continue the way he has been, Bruno will probably be involved. So, or like maybe a good analogy is uh, strings uh, like a hits com- a hit combo together on mm-hmm. Tekken. Uh, and I feel like oh yeah, <laughs> combining Rashford and Bruno is like uh, like a stringing some sort of punching uh, connect yeah. connected move together. I used to love, I loved the te- Tekken three was my was my Tekken, and I, I used to love the the guy that was like the Bruce Lee ripoff character. Remember sure. him? He had like all of Bruce Lee's moves. Yes, uh, he was he was great. What about uh, was that the one with the guy made of logs as well? Or is it like a wood I man? Th- I think you're thinking now. You're thinking of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Brandon, and that's a character <laughs> okay. named, named Groot. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't yeah, know. I, can, I can't remember. Yeah. Are you thinking of Dalsum? Those are just long arms, Brandon. Those aren't. Uh, those well, aren't that's long. Street Fighter too. Come on now. We don't want to look like idiots here. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll uh, mistake uh, certain Premier League players, but never will I mistake a, tr- a Street Fighter character no, on this podcast. I'm just kidding. Of course not. Of course not. Me, me, me either. All right. On that note, let's take a break. We'll get back. And we're going to talk about Arsenal, Man City, and more. It's not just those two teams but they really are when the when the the two best 
teams in the league play each other and and their fantasy assets have been um, some of the most important ones for better or worse all season long, uh, mostly for better. Uh, we have to give it a lot of time. And that's just that's just why wouldn't we? And also that, that match is really important now. <laughs> and I, I mean, when Arsenal lost to Everton uh, on Saturday, I was like, oh man, like, is this, are we just in gigantic trouble here? Uh, but yeah, I mean, now it's Arsenal's five clear with a match in hand. Uh, so even if, even if Man City win, they've, they've still got, yeah. I, I wouldn't is, quite it's say it's in, in Arsenal's their destiny. Hands. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, exactly. It's a, the, the match gave me a little bit of pause. I was a little, I'm a little, well, let, let's, let's take a break. We'll get back. We'll talk about Arsenal players and Man City players and lots more. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Brian, we're back. Double game week 23 coming up on Saturday. Saturday is actually kind of, it's a, it's a, it's funny because it is sort of a, a game week classic, which, which you and I know and love with, with one little, one little extra match tacked on Brandon got a nice clean big Saturday. I think we are going to watch these matches in Manhattan, uh, somewhere, either Smithfield hall or I'm going to, I'm going to come to your neck of the woods, Brandon, now that you've moved. Uh, and I moved uh, out yeah, of the so great think, borough of Brooklyn, and we're going to meet producer Dave. Uh, if anybody's exactly. in town, uh, let us know. Yeah. So I'm thinking either Football Factory or Smithfield Hall. We can talk about nice. this later. But lots, lots of matches on uh, on Saturday, February 11th. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and then we got two matches on Sunday, one on Monday. So that that to me is that that's FPL classic to me, Brandon. Eight or mm-hmm. you know, I guess seven seven on Saturday. Two on Sunday, one on Monday. Nice and easy. The one on Monday is um, is a, uh, a derby as well, too. Uh, Liverpool Everton, and there's like the collective ownership is about three percent in that <laughs> match now. So it's like the rare Complete Liverpool Everton that's like a full, <laughs> full on pure watch. Uh, and then and then Wednesday is when Arsenal Man City play uh, for the first time in the league this season. They did they have now played in the FA Cup a kind of. Uh, I don't know. It was okay. I don't want to call it a tepid just because it was one nil, but it was. I, it wasn't. I, I didn't like. I think that was an incredible match. Uh, so, but kind of feeling each other out a little bit. Pep rotated a bunch of players in that game as well. There was an so, interesting discussion about yeah. the psychology of that result between City and Arsenal, um, and how 
it, it may, you know, in a sense, it, it favors Arsenal. Like, let us just focus on our league position and, and get this out of yeah. here. And it wasn't like a full strength 11 that Arteta put out. So the next time they go up against City, they will say, well, this is different. We've got a different uh, yep. team out here. But it will surely play in their mind. Well, either the last time we did play these guys, we did technically lose. Or uh, Arsenal goes out there and says, well, now we really have to win because the whole yeah. the, the whole plan was kind of like not to win last time. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of bizarre to be in Arsenal's position. But you would uh, definitely take heart, as you pointed out, that they it's not a must win. But if they do win, yeah. it will be massive for their league position. <laughs> That's so true. And I, I feel like I still don't feel totally like like all our Arsenal supporters. I, I don't feel hugely. I feel I mean, I, I feel great because I really like this squad. I really like rooting for them. I think I think even people who aren't Arsenal supporters, uh, I think you're even yourself included. It's, oh, it's yeah. a fun team. Uh-huh. The way it's been put together. Fully um, agree. It's definitely yeah, enjoying yeah. the whole s- story of it. And it's different than the Leicester story, right, where Leicester was just a full on Cinderella story. And Arsenal is yep. just um, yep. it's a. It's a more sort of sports centric as opposed to yeah. uh, small town comes good sort of story. Yeah. The, the Leicester thing was crazy. I mean, you had um, you had like a you know fourth division forward who became the best forward in the Premier League, yeah. uh, and then you had two players bought for nothing, right? And in, in Mares and Conte, who yeah. uh, became two of the like, ten best players in the league for a half decade. Um, and, uh, yeah, like you just like, it's just, so anyone, as long as you do those three things, Brennan, even you can win the league. It's <laughs> so yeah, hold out hope. Uh, I don't know who would be the club that would do that. It'd be like wolves. I feel like wolves would be the, you know, if they got like the right mm. Portuguese players at the right time, maybe they could <laughs> do that someday. Um, all right. So let's, let's run through some of the options that you could consider on these squads now. And, and in some cases, like in the case of someone like Martinelli, many people already have him and we can talk later about whether it's worth dropping him for a hit, which I'm strongly considering. I'm sure, I'm sure many others are as well. Um, but let's just, let's just talk through the players first. Okay. So, uh, kick things off. We have, uh, Martin Odegaard and Bakari Saka top. I think the top two fantasy assets on Arsenal, uh, very similar returns as well. Uh, so Odegaard is cheaper. He's 7 million. Eight goals, six assists, 18 bonus points, a mortal lock to start when healthy. Uh, Saka is uh, 1.2 million more expensive at 8.2, but still affordable. And uh, seven goals, eight assists, and nine bonus points. So not nine fewer bonus points is really basically the difference in points between between these guys. He's also played a little bit more. Um, but I, I thought that this match today reminded me why I do think long-term that Saka outscores Odegaard on the season. Um, I think that he'll get more minutes. He's a little more, he's just in the box more, right? I just feel like more chances are going to follow him. He's on corner kicks. Like there's just kind of all of these different ways that, that he can, uh, now of course Odegaard had like a sitter that he blasted 50 feet over the bar, but, um, but in general, I, 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 and I brought in Odegaard. So I'm actually, I'm kind of locked at the moment on my Arsenal players. I've got Martin Odegaard and Ben White. Although Odegaard, uh, Martinelli could possibly move, but you you right now are in a position where you don't have either one. You don't have Odegaard or Saka, and you have kind of mapped out a strategy that gets you through game week twenty five, right? So what what is your yeah. current thinking with your with your squad? Right. Uh, so my Arsenal players are Saliba and Martinelli at the moment. The current strategy is Bruno revolves around Bruno Fernandez. So. Uh, okay. 
and uh, Sam Greenwood up top, who was my non-playing third striker for Leeds. Yep. If I downgrade Fernandez to Odegaard, then I have enough cash to turn Sam Greenwood into Enketia. Of course, that gives me uh, four Arsenal players, so that won't work. So we turn Bruno Fernandez into Matoma, who, of course, is a Brighton player, and he will blank in game week 25, but that does allow me to have three Arsenal players, and Greenwood becomes Enkedia. Then looking ahead to game week 25, I would offload Luke Shaw, and that would get me a full starting 11. However, we've got a wild card here in Bueno, uh, at Wolves, who didn't get uh, a sniff in, against Liverpool, and Wolves surprisingly, looked, um, I thought he played right. Yeah. And it's and unfortunate when you've yeah. got one of those guys that's right on the bubble of the starting lineup. He doesn't play, and the team plays incredibly well um, against a, cl- a classically good side of Liverpool. It doesn't make you feel great. But yeah. so my my that was the plan that I kind of had in place as I was formulating my game week twenty two strategy. Of course, now. Martinelli becoming, you know, there is that discussion or that anxiety around him of him actually being a worthwhile asset Mm -hmm. for the double and going forward if Trossard is going to get more minutes than we had anticipated, as well as... De Bruyne. So I'm actually the, the. So we're learning. We're learning, by the way, the perils of having like a four week plan. It doesn't right? really work. One one week into your plan, like four of the players you're considering, <laughs> you have great yeah. doubts about. It's 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 so true. So uh, the the other path for me is Bruno Fernandez and Martinelli just become Saka and Odegaard going into game week 23 and. Then I, I figure out what to do with Greenwood at a, a future date. You know, I don't, I don't hate that. And so you'd have, so you'd have two Man City still and De Bruyne. I'd have and, three because I have, I brought in Akanji with my free transfer right. for game week twenty two. Right. Yeah. So I'd have Why three and three. That? Yeah. that seems easy. I, it it does. It, it seems, does seem yeah. like the the better move in in my mind. Well, let's let's bring let's bring Martinelli into the conversation then, Brandon, because uh, he is. 6.6 million, seven goals, five assists, but blanks in his last four. Uh, only seven bonus points in the season, which was a little lower than I expected. I thought he'd be a little bit higher than that. Um, but he also is one of these guys who like misses a bunch of like he, you know miss a lot of shots off target and, mm-hmm. and things like that, which which are killers in the in the bonus point system. Or when he does well, everybody else on the team is doing well, and you know, <laughs> yeah, the center backs true. might hoover up those BPS or soccer. He, he's He's the kind of guy who excels like when it's like a one one or you know, like when Arsenal's down one nil and then they score like to go to go one you know, one one and then they get another goal and it's two one. He's the kind of guy who loves getting that three one goal. You know, it's like when, when like, yeah. they're riding really high, yeah. he is always there to add a little bit of, of safety to the to the score, it yeah. seems like. So I, I have Martinelli. I only have one free transfer. Uh I actually don't have enough money in the bank to go Bruno to um to go to go to go straight back from Bruno to to Kevin De Bruyne, I'm also not sure I want to. Uh, I think that there's a real question about whether it's it's worth dropping Bruno ahead of Leeds away, which they'll play. They they play Leeds twice in a week, which is very weird. I I can't remember that ever happening. I'm sure it has, but like. I'm actually, I'm sure it's happened like in the last two two seasons, but I'm just forgetting right now. But it just seems very odd to me to to play Leeds on Wednesday and then again on. 
when do they play? And then again on Sunday. So they played yeah. them twice in four days in the Premier League. I know sometimes it happens like with the FA Cup or whatever, but to play like two Premier League ties, I don't know. So I, I, we'll see if they both if both teams roll out the same lineups. I mean, you I could you could play against a Jesse Marsh managed Leeds one day, and the next day a Sam Allardyce managed Leeds. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I know Marsh that that Forest match was was worrisome. Although they brought in so many new players, I think he's probably going to get a little time to see if he can figure out how to how to make it all work. Um, yeah, but I mean, so but I, that, certainly today's match wasn't very inspiring, and so you think, well. Couldn't Bruno do some really great things against Leeds uh, when they when they play them? And so why am I burning points to drop Bruno ahead of a Leeds match? Yeah. And then and then they host Leicester at home uh, the next week, the most diabolical defense in the in the Premier League. <laughs> like you know, just, I said, what? Why am I doing this again? So I can so I can target a double game week where Kevin De Bruyne may not even start on on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was not rested today. He was rotated. They they had not played in a week. Like there, there was no. It was not like he was he was suffering from from massive fatigue here. I, I it was he had not been playing well enough to get the start in this match. Now, of course. They didn't play well, and uh, I'd say Alvarez, who was kind of in a spot, was the worst player on the pitch today, um, or certainly the most anonymous, uh, and so I don't think that he, uh, um, maybe not the worst, but he, I, I felt like he didn't do anything well when he was on the, on the pitch, yeah, and, and then uh, Kevin Debrunna came on and played well. I agree with, in this this assessment kind of relates to my take on Martinelli as well, and a case to keep Martinelli is... The interesting thing about Arteta during the Everton match was every substitution that Arteta made was like extremely like for like carbon copy. So um, now maybe you're just bringing in attitude, you're bringing in fresh legs and Arteta's system is sophisticated enough that you don't necessarily need to, you know, bring in a center back or for for a for a defensive midfielder or something like this. I don't know. Um, But. Arsenal didn't look one iota better after Arteta was making these substitutions and Trossard, uh, um, even though he had a, a decent debut substitution for Arsenal, did not improve the team at all. So yeah. it, 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 to a degree, early substitutions are managers just saving players from themselves. OK, this is not like you're just you're dragging. You're not in good form. Yeah. Uh, leaving you out there is not helping anybody. So I I, yep. I I don't know how concerned I am about Martinelli for the start and the amount of times that Arteta has rotated his squad. It seems like it's only for cup matches that he has. He's been playing virtually the same starting eleven in the league unless uh, injury has dictated that he change yep. it. The issue then with De Bruyne is Pep has just decided to go to war with the world and the you know pre match team <laughs> yeah with his entire team and the world is i'm saying it's inclusive of us josh yes that, that's true um, fpl managers included yes <laughs> Very much and so. uh pre-match pep was asked if de bruyne's benching was tactical and pep kind of grinned and said oh yes exactly uh, something <laughs> something incredibly uh-huh. like sinister and ominous. Uh, and, and so he's got, he wants to play Alvarez, who's a number nine in some sort of a number 10 spot. And he wants to play Rico Lewis as this inverted fullback. And I thought Rico Lewis may have had, uh, him and Rodri were abysmal and both at fault for the, the goal that came to pass for Harry Kane. 
Yeah. There are so many problems that Pep needs to iron out with this squad. How is De Bruyne the, the problem? I, I, I mean, he I, hasn't I played know. well either. I, he, I mean, the problem is no one's... It's not like that, co- that coincides with City's entire form as a team. Maybe yeah, De team. Bruyne is so yeah. integral that him, his form... But but it's like what we're seeing with the City's pep squad without De Bruyne is the same, if not worse, is my point. Yeah. And how does all this relate to Martinelli? We'll let you know when we find out. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. I think it, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's 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 on my mind too. I I my I keep getting drawn to, but we will get to Man City in a second. It's it's my fault, Brendan. I, I brought us onto the Kevin De Bruyne thing. Um, but Martinelli is. Uh, here's my feeling about Martinelli. Okay, I think that he uh, will start both matches. I think that he could do something in both matches. I don't think it is essential to drop him. I think it is fine to do it, and he is not in great form, and I think there's at least a chance, a small chance, that Trossard maybe starts one of these matches, especially if Martinelli doesn't play well in the Brentford match uh, at home on Saturday. Uh, or or he comes off even earlier. It seems like Martinelli's substitutions have been happening earlier and earlier um, the last few weeks. So... Um, so that is that is a little risk. I mean, I think the minutes uh, of all the of all the, the kind of minutes. I mean, Odegaard got subbed off a little early today, which maybe is good for the next two matches. Um, keep him fresh for those. Although it was weird that he subbed off when they were down one nil. It felt like he wouldn't have been useful to have him on there still, but maybe he was just he was just having an off day. Um, so I think it's I think it's fine to drop Martinelli. I may may do it myself. Um, but I wouldn't, and I guess that's how it tied in with, with Kevin De Bruyne. I wouldn't necessarily draw Marnelli because it helped me fund a Kevin De Bruyne move, right? Like if this is like the way that I could turn Bruno into Kevin De Bruyne, to me dropping dropping Bruno and Martinelli to have Kevin De Bruyne does not feel worthwhile. Now doing it the way you're suggesting, which is to fund Saka and Odegaard, two players who are terrific and affordable and are, you know, top of the midfield point charts and playing game week 25 and you could probably and do it for, for free. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And do it for free and just probably have them like all season. That seems totally fair and, and, and reasonable to me. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's when you think about driving Martinelli for Man City options that I'm maybe less um, less enthused. So that brings us to Enketia, who you're, you're talking about now. I, I, I didn't think he had an amazing match uh, in, in Everton. Nobody really did. I mean, credit to Sean Dyche, who really should have been poached earlier. Right? Why did it take him so long? It's just because people he has this like unearned reputation as being the next Sam Ardice or something I'm like sure that. I'm sure he like, was approached. I think he was probably waiting for the right opportunity. Uh, maybe so. That that's true. That's true. Because he was like in a, he's in a precarious that. position as a, a management figure because he's so associated with Burnley and people kind of have this cognitive dissonance like, well, he got he he got Burnley promoted, he did get relegated with them, then he got him promoted again. And then yeah. he got fired when they were about to get, and, and it's Burnley. It would sound like yeah. that Arsenal fan team. He got Burnley. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, but I don't. Uh, so uh, some people might not know what box to put him in. So this Everton job just yeah. seemed ready made for him it to come. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's so perfect. And so oh, congratulations I mean, God, to like, everyone involved. There any, there can't be anything better for any of these managers in the, in the Premier League to follow uh, Frank Lampard. Right, just like chaos agent. No, yeah, no Thomas plan. Tuchel just no, will yeah. go. Maybe uh, Burn, uh, uh, Everton will win the Champions League now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Lampard stayed there so long. Um, so you have so in Kentia, six point seven million, four goals, zero assists. 
uh, five bonus points since the restart, right? So all of his goals have been since the restart, unsurprisingly, perhaps, because he's obviously been uh, Gabriel Jesus' backup. Jesus, feet on the ground, back in training, not fully back, right? He's, he's you know... But in probably and, and I no threat in my opinion to start either match in this in this double no no threat at all but maybe a threat by like game week twenty five uh, chance he could he could be ready by then at the very least if you bring in Enketia if you're not planning to wild card um, anytime soon you're kind of banking a transfer out for him later which is which is slightly annoying and and, and it's fine like the, it's it's okay to, to to have to do that but. Um, I don't necessarily, you know, he's not, he's not, his long-term viability has to be at least in, in question because Gabriel Jesus, today, I thought Saturday's match was the first time and it really felt like Arsenal needed Gabriel Jesus out there. They needed somebody who, they needed like another creative player in the, in the final third. And they, they you know, that's, that's what, Jesus has not necessarily excelled at scoring goals for Arsenal, but he's excelled, I think, at, at being really direct and, and linking up the play really well. And it's like, if, Ar- if Arsenal start a move on the left with Martinelli if it funneled its way into Gabriel Jesus, you felt like it was going to be a goal every time. It was just mm-hmm. something about how the choices he would he would make with the ball, you know, in the final third. So, um, so that that's I mean, but so you know, objectively, I like Nketiah. He's cheap and he will start both these matches and probably scores a goal. But I have some, I had enough doubts that I didn't bring him in myself on uh, with my two transfers this week. So. Um, I don't know. What do yeah. you think? I know you're talking about bringing them in. Yeah, I, I, I think it, it, double game week goggles uh, and uh, on top of the brace that Enkedia scored a couple of game weeks ago, you think, well, just like, why would I not have this guy? It seems uh, pretty, yeah. pretty simple. Get the guy that's farthest forward. The Jesus thing on top of the midfield in fantasy continue to continue to just pour on the points where Matoma has just really outshined uh, an option like Enkedia, where uh, this guy is going to be the talisman for the rest of the season for Brighton. So I'm ready to sacrifice another midfielder like Andreas Pereira to get in somebody like Matoma and continue to play yeah. a 3-5-2 and not worry about that third striker that when Enkedia is not on song, then it's just like continuing this carousel of, is it going to be Tony? Is it going to be Mitro? Is it going to be, right. I don't know, name another striker. Like Bam- Bamford, Bamford looked ready no, Bamford. Uh, kind of coming, coming back, no, but like his first, touch, his, his first yeah. touch was, uh, was really quite miserable. As, um, I know, I know you're, you're excited about Veghorst. So, uh, you know, you can open forum right now, Brendan, you can talk as long as you want about Veghorst, um, go. Okay, should we just, should we kick yeah. it to commercial Walk first, and then we can come back, and I can just do a thirty minute chunk on Veggie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, Veg- Veghorst, he's like, he's like better recently. That's a good point. I was just going to mention that uh, Martial injured again is great for our you, you've two Veghorst owners out there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Ollie Watkins and Villa. Villa is just an interesting. Aston Villa is daring fantasy managers to talk about them because they have cheap players (laughs) who are intriguing. On our Patreon pod, we were kind of dipping our toe into the Mings and Moreno waters uh, because they don't Mm -hmm. blank. It's a cheap... Um, it's then they cheap. conceded four at home. Then, then yeah, Moreno so. didn't start. Moreno <laughs> yeah. didn't start. They conceded four at home to yeah. Leicester. So that that like that yeah. that conversation ended quickly. Yeah. So it's it's a big trap team 
which so so then you get to Ollie Watkins and you're like, well, he's the guy that's going to do something if yep. they do it. Uh, so, but if it's not Ollie Watkins, then the counter argument is Ivan Tony because Ivan Tony plays for a really consistent team in Brentford. Yeah. However, yep. Brentford counter counterpoint scored three goals <laughs> this weekend, and Tony yeah. did not score nor did he assist any of them. <laughs> he was Just, involved. He was kind of involved. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so first goal. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying that he's suddenly a bad player. Of course not. He's yeah. he's still yeah. like the 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 dude at that team. But it's going to be really yeah. frustrating for a fantasy manager. Oh yeah, I felt like I dodged a little bit of a bullet, honestly, with the uh, with 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 Tony not getting any any returns today. Southampton are going down, aren't they? There's really no um, yeah. They're, they're like <laughs> going to be the first. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, they they've, they've been in the league for a long time, but there there's nothing. And I I don't say this with any kind of malice because I, I I like Southampton and I think it's fun to have teams kind of geographically all across England. That's just sort of like, I think there's something fun about that. Um, and so losing a South coast team is, isn't, isn't Bournemouth are going down too, my friend. So that's two shots to the, the South coast. This right. Season. That's a tough, exactly. Yeah. We've got to get ready up or something, you know, but it's, <laughs> it's just a tough, uh, Reading down there. I like, I'm stretching my own, my no, own. Reading, like, Reading is a London based team. You're thinking of like Pompey. Ah. Pompey would be. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. I am thinking of Pompey. That was a test, Brandon, and you, you passed it. A little <laughs> geography you. test I threw in there for you. Uh, there was an um, interview that yeah. Nathan Jones, Southampton manager, gave. Uh, this, this joker who they brought up from Luton Town gave post-match <laughs> where he, this, this guy is either uh, insane or a stone cold moron because he was going on about how you know I've made too many compromises with the Southampton team. That's not my team out there, and I'm going to stop compromising because when I interviewed for this job, I showed them that I statistically am the number one manager in Europe for uh, aggressive play. I can show it. I've, I've got the stats. I'm number one for aggressive play, also number one uh-huh. for clean sheets. He just started speaking like stream of consciousness about how he yeah. was. He was just. It was like very he'd gone to his own. Like he'd, he'd gone to his own transfer market page before this <laughs> interview. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I guess, FB but um, yeah. I don't know who's in charge at Southampton, but they've uh, they've just blown up that club in the last two years. Yeah, I, I think it may. And sometimes, sometimes you know, the, a, a, a little reset can, as long as you can, as long as you can come right back up. I mean, Fulham, have, Fulham, have proven you can do this, right? Go you down, can. yes, school, yes, come yes. back. You can embarrass yourself and reset, <laughs> re, reset yeah. that in, in a couple of seasons. That's I true. thought they, I thought they looked pretty good in that, in that Chelsea match. Too. So amazing, yeah. yeah Kenny yeah. Tede, what a, what a ledge. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Mitchell almost scored. That would have been an amazing goal if he had scored that. Kepa, very casual, leaning at full at full lean uh, to get that, like it, 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 seven feet in the air. Uh, it's a perfectly placed ball that, that like midfield yeah, no, uh, you, attempt. To get off it, the line. Would, it would have been wild, wild scenes, and for Kepa to get up. What? Um, yeah, Kepa is just like. Let's talk about Kepa, legend. Yeah, uh, incredible. Uh, you know, he really. I, I had a moment where I was like. Maybe I, with my free transfer this week, I will, I'll turn Ward into Ederson, uh, you know, for the double. And after this, I'm like, why? I'm just going to keep starting Keppa. Well, like when, yeah. I don't know, they play away to West Ham. It's not, it's not that difficult of a fixture. I mean, West yeah. Ham have a little new manager bump themselves right now, but uh, it's like just, yeah. I mean, like 10, 9, and 10 in the last three. What am I, I'm not going to bench him or, or drop him or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't, doesn't uh, no, don't mess around with your goalkeepers. Uh, I think yeah, um, that's a good rule I, th- of thumb. I think it was Dave who told me 
going for Ederson over Kepa coming out of the World Cup was is a thirty point fantasy point swing. Wow, that's massive. That's the difference between winning. I mean, that's that's a that's that's tough. I, I I'm, I'm surprised at that extreme. Uh, well, we'll talk more about Ederson in a second because I was I was a little surprised by um, the the clean sheet numbers. Uh, but just to wrap things up with Arsenal, let's talk about the defense for a second. Uh, you have, I, I would say, of all the defenders the, that you would consider, White, Saliba, Zinchenko, Gabriel, Ramsdale, different category, obviously. Um, I would think that Gabriel would be the pick. They're all roughly the same price at this point. Uh, White is a little bit cheaper. I think he's 4.7. Uh, but I think that Gabriel offers the most goal goal threat of, of any of those defenders. Um, none of them are really involved in, in like assists, or like, you know, like attacking returns, um, because our, just because of the Arsenal setup, it's really, everything kind of does ultimately end, you know, with Martinelli or, or Saka, or it gets funneled back into the middle where, where Xhaka or, uh, Odegaard kind of, you know, uh, are involved in actually like getting the ball into the box. Um, but I, I, I think that Gabriel is the play. He almost got a, a pen today, had a little pen or yesterday, had a little pen shout, um, and, uh, but two goals, uh, nine clean sheets, nine bonus points. Uh, I think Zinchenko is a little underrated, uh, just because he had, uh, he missed seven starts with the injury. And so he's, he's fallen off the radar a little bit. I think he's very underrated. I think he's very underrated. And I think he, Zinchenko, I would take over Gabriel, uh, though Gabriel, okay. I think is a good pick, but yeah, Zinchenko has only managed one fantasy assist this season, but he, I, I think he is quite integral and involved in the attack, and it's sort of yeah. a promise of future returns that I'm seeing from him. So if you had the budget to get up to 5.1 for Zinchenko, I would be getting him over these other Arsenal defenders. Yeah, I think... Um I think they're both fine. Uh, there's some part of me that just uh, maybe maybe it's just because of that Zinchenko injury. And, you know, it's like I have this idea in my head now that he's injury prone or something. But mm-hmm. um, but I, I think they're both fine. You and I both have White and Saliba. So we don't even have those defenders. I don't uh, have. Uh, no, I have. Oh, yes. You have White. I yeah. have Saliba. Gotcha. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I have I have White. You have Saliba. I think they're both fine. They, I think they offer the least. I mean, Saliba had those those two goals at the start of the season, but I think they were historically he hasn't offered a ton of goal threat. And I think just just kind of if we can use the eye test at all, Brandon, mm-hmm. it does feel like Gabriel's a lot more involved on those corner kicks, yeah. a lot more likely to, to to score. He's bigger. He's bigger. He's <laughs> just bigger. <laughs> and uh, and I think that in in White, I I'm, I'm starting to actually get a little bit worried about about the threat of Tomayasu as well. I, I don't think White's put in a, some really incredible yep. performances of yep. late, and I, I don't think that that uh, Arteta is going to mess with with something that's worked so well this season. Um, and so I think that White should be fine, but just a little bit of doubt there. And I'm actually a little surprised that he doesn't do any kind of runs in the box. There was one moment today where somebody Jacques or somebody played a through ball to the box, and White didn't get there, and I was like. You were so slow. I was like, it was like, it just felt like, I was like, how did you not get to that ball? And I was like, he's, he's, just, he's like the slowest fullback in the Premier League. This guy, like, just everything. I mean, it's his whole style, right? Is that he reads the game well. He's a, he, you know, it's like he's like the Virgil van Dyke of fullbacks, right? It's all just like positioning and stuff. But, uh, but it isn't necessarily great for fantasy. And then uh, Ramsdale is fine, under $5 million. Uh, You know, great. If you have him for the double already, great. I wouldn't necessarily bring him in. Uh, and certainly not worth moving Kepa to. Yeah, and move on just, to Mance? Oh, go ahead. Well, just, just considering defensive assets, they're 
they're playing Man City. Well, God, I don't know. I don't want to get yeah. into this re- uh, predicting results. Uh, the, the fixtures for both Arsenal and City favor attack over defense, basically. I agree. No, I, I, I agree, especially because th- we're not getting like an Andy Robertson in here, right? Like uh, Trent mm-hmm. Alexander-Arnold's not walking through that door, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry to tell you that. Sorry to disabuse you of that notion. Uh, all right, let's move I on had, to... I had to hear to it. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want it to be uh, you, but somebody had to tell me that. <laughs> somebody, had, somebody had to disabuse you. Uh, Man City, they have uh, Villa at home and Arsenal away. Uh, Holland, I mentioned this at the start of the pod. I was kind of... I mean, it, this is just... It, 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 okay, the idea that the FPL game was broken because of Holland, I think, has been somewhat upended. I'm not saying he's been found out or whatever. He had a hat trick two weeks ago. He has a, a terrific This is a and, Josh and Landon disabusing notions podcast. I like this. It is. I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> the afternoon pods. I'm in a different mood for these. And so he has been um, uh, obviously incredible this season, a must own in fantasy, but he has blanked three times in his last five matches. And as Man City's form has, has dipped a little bit, as we get into the Champions League a little bit, uh, I think that there is an opportunity here for people to... I think I think what we'll start to see are just... And it won't happen right away. It'll happen slowly. But if, if this... You know, let's say blanks again in the Arsenal match. We're all going to captain him this week, I, I, I would expect. I'm certainly yes. going to. I'm sure you will, too. Yes. Um, but I think that there is at least... Um, opportunities now when Man City play some more, some of the more, the more difficult matches for us to go with a, and a double game weeks are their own thing, right? But just put, if putting those aside, just regular game weeks mm-hmm. that when Man City have a hard match, we can at least consider the op, the op, like the possibility of going with somebody else, right? We have Harry Kane who is basically like would be this year's Holland. If there were no Holland, he's only 30 points off him. He's been incredible. He's like, he doesn't have like, he doesn't do the 17 pointers, the 20 pointers, but uh-huh. his floor is like the highest of, of any player, right? Like you put him out there and you're like, I'm going to get at least six points from him in practically every, every match, uh, you know, this season. And so there's, there's always something to be said for that. And so, I mean, looking ahead, I'm not sure. I mean, the man, okay, like game week 26, for example, Man City played Newcastle. That that could be, Newcastle's defense has been absolutely terrific this season. Um, Spurs go to Wolves, eh, not great. But like Arsenal hosts Bournemouth in, in, in 26, right? So you could, if Saka or somebody, you know, Odegaard, if they continue on their trajectory to play well over the next few weeks, you could, I think, really make a case for going with an Odegaard-type player over over Holland, even, even in a home match, um, you know, versus Newcastle. So I, I like that. I think that's really, um, good for the game that we have this debate back a little bit. It's not totally resolved. Uh, or I mean, I, in most weeks you should still be captain in Erlen Holland, but I think that, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about just how he's played recently? It does feel like he's more isolated. It feels like he never touches the ball anymore. Yeah, it makes you uh, understand if if the theme this week is seeking to understand Pep Guardiola, it, it makes you understand why he shies away from more traditional number nines because he just he lacks the ability to uh, just drop a little deeper, get more involved. It's interesting to see him and Harry Kane on the same pitch where Kane very effortlessly it seems. I mean, you can yeah. you can actually see the effort he uh, puts puts out, but he he'll just go in for a, a tackle down in the eighteen yard box, and not on a set yeah. piece. He's moving yep. all around the pitch, and with this uh, understanding of 
where the ball is. Uh, what did they say in basketball? Ball space man is what they always try to drill into you. <laughs> yeah. Kane is always thinking ball space man, ball space man. Yeah. And Holland is just kind of like, I'm just going to stand on the shoulder of the last defender and wait wait for this all to happen. And yeah. I mean, f- 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 it's it's working. It's working. Yeah. It, it's working to a degree. It really is a uh, the combination of the Man City double in game week 20, where a lot of people went in for the triple captaincy and then uh, it kind of gave us the confidence to go triple captain Rashford in game week 22, both partly because of Rashford's incredible form, but also uh, just realizing, oh, we might not necessarily have the perfect, We it may need to be a perfect opportunity to try and extract points yeah. from Holland I think the that's way right. we're used to, right? Ten weeks ago, I wouldn't have dreamed that I would have gone with a non-Holland option for a triple captain, right? That would have been uh, unthinkable, (laughs) given what he was doing um, at the start of the season. And uh, now it's at least... Partially because the the team form is is worse. And I think that... um, I don't know if I've said this in the pod before, but something I've been thinking about recently, which is that um, his his brilliance the first half of the season has kind of disguised a club that's very much in transition right now, mm-hmm. um, yeah. a club that has a lot of a, a lot of players that have been there for a very very long time, and then a, a bunch of. Uh, you know, many of them are young. I mean, even Grealish is pretty young, but you have Grealish, you have uh, Holland, uh, Alvarez, um, Lewis. Rico Lewis uh, into that mix. Yeah, yeah, It's exactly. not too dissimilar from what's going on at Liverpool, right? You have a lot of veterans yeah. who just should have been sunset properly and then young players who aren't up to speed with the yeah. system. And Darwin, Darwin has been no Holland. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to say, yeah. No. uh, yeah. And, and they, and also they've had a ton of injuries, uh, at Liverpool too. But, but I think, I think, you know, so I think that it's, it, it is kind of the Foden thing makes less sense to me because if you are in this period of transition, it's not clear to me why Foden couldn't, couldn't get any minutes, uh, even, even when healthy, I know he's injured right now, but, um, that's, that one, that one makes less sense to me because if you're going to do this kind of like transition, is he, gone like uh you know like is is i mean if i were if you're foden this continues all season you probably want to look for another club in the summer right i mean it's time for a new job man yeah yeah i don't know it's weird so anyway see if they're higher in somewhere yeah yeah i mean because foden would be we're not talking about raheem sterling here where it's kind of like he's at the end of his career right foden is what like 21 years old i mean there's yeah he's entering the prime and if he is going (laughs) to continue to just be treated like a widget by some head yeah. case manager. That's bad for him. I know. They just have never been able to figure out how to play Grealish and Foden together, which which seems surprising to me. Like, it feels like at some point, I thought one of the two of them would play more centrally. And it, it seems like it's like it's two players for one spot. Um, and I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, and Pep's won like nine titles. So, I mean, clearly he's... But it, it does feel like he, he's in a weird spot right now. Right? It does feel like maybe he is at the end of his Man City cycle or something because it this weird thing where he's just alienating all of his players and just driving, driving his best players away. I don't know. It's just strange to me. Is he bored? Um, I probably, I mean, this like, is like, like, like his uh, players might be, or uh, that's, I don't know. It's yeah. I, I, he's probably trying to get them out of some kind of funk or he senses complacency or whatever, but um, I don't know. It, it feels like he's rarely putting out his best squad right now. And it's like, he's doing it to like prove a point, but mm-hmm. then they keep losing matches. So mm-hmm. it's like, I, Point yeah. proven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that brings us to KDB, who 
even today, I thought he had, had a couple of moments, but then, you know, he gets this, uh, you know, ball falls, falls to him outside the box uh, late in that match. It's the kind of spot where KDB leathers it. I feel like half the 50% of the time that that thing is, that thing is a goal. And it just, you know, he hasn't scored since game week 14 uh, misses today. He has that big free kick late after you get the red card on Romero mm-hmm. and you're like, straight here we wall. go. Like, yeah, straight into the wall. And it was just like, you know, he looked good, I suppose, but just not, it just, there's not, there's something about that. He's not doing that, that just Burst down the right-hand side, you know, the kind of vintage KDB move. Burst on the right-hand side, playing a perfect ball to player X in the box. And just like that's like that was what he used to, yeah. you know, excel at. And and so that's that's it feels like that's kind of missing from his from his game right now. And um Yeah, I so, found that you know, he so, was yeah. over overcooking a lot of his crosses. He wasn't cutting the defense apart when he seemed to try to cross into the box he over yeah i don't know if he was tr- intentionally trying to get Grealish at the far post but uh and i thought he was sloppier than usual though you know he's not been yeah. playing regularly coming out of the world cup uh, and the world cup was not fun for belgians so maybe he's just lost his touch a little bit but you've got to play yeah. these guys if you want them to get back in in form yeah. play them yeah. through thick and thin. Just De Bruyne, this... how, I, I don't know. You've got to win the Champions League here, Manchester City, and you're not going to do it with Rico Lewis. And well, I, maybe you will, they have but to. You're, you're, that, that's uh, yeah. they, they have to do with 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 a with a like a 35 year old fullback and a 19 year old fullback, or, or or play a center back in that spot. It's like okay. It's this is like I don't know why we're, we're like really going in on one of the best teams in in Europe, but like it's just like they are. Aki offers like nothing going forward. Like there's, there's no, he's, it's like they're playing with like three or four center. I mean, you got Lewis in the middle. It's like they have no fullbacks. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. And so it's all, it's just all on Mares and Grealish right now. I thought Grealish was, was actually pretty good today. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. had, had some moments and um, as he often does, he, he kind of cuts a frustrated figure in the end, but I thought he looked pretty good at times. And so, I mean, KDB, I, I don't know. I mean, I really have to decide whether I said this at the start of the pod, whether it's just there's an element of safety to bring him to bring him in. Um, if there was a way for me to go from Martinelli to um, from Martinelli to uh, Mares without burning points, I probably would just do that and maybe just leave that. I don't know. Then I have four players to double. That seems a little low. But anyway, I, I, I can't quite decide what to do with Kevin De Bruyne. I don't really want to bring him back in is, is where I am. And, you know, the one player I could bring in without having to, to burn points would be would be Jack Grealish, who's started uh, five of the last seven. He's got one goal and three assists since the restart. Um, if Foden is still is still out or at risk of playing, he probably starts both these matches. No one is talking about Jack Grealish for, for understandable reasons. But is there... Would you give any thought to to Grealish? Maybe not for you personally, but what mm-hmm. do you think about him as a as a as an option? Well, I guess I don't hate it because mm-hmm. uh, just given the output, one goal and three assists, it's not horrible for a player yeah. at that price. And mm-hmm. I guess Pep was saying that Foden was sick and not feeling well ahead of this okay. match. Um, but given okay. that he, he wasn't even in the squad, the previous league match, uh, there's, there's an issue going on there. Who knows? I, I, I feel like Grealish is probably relatively safe. 
I don't yeah. know. It just it, it it just feels like going in on a double game week just to have some fun or uh, to to take a punt. It doesn't feel like a wise long term move because how yeah. much longer are you going to want to keep Grealish in your squad if you do that? No, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good point. That's a good. Um, I mean, I kind of feel the same way about Mares. Uh, just because uh, Mares has started six of the last seven matches, 7.7 million, four goals, five assists in the season. But of his four goals and five assists in the season, three goals and four assists have come since the restart. So basically everything he's done, he's kind of like the Enketia of, of Man City. Um, really con- really consistently getting starts, playing well. Didn't didn't play especially well today. I think it subbed in the 59th minute. So, uh, man, just, just it makes things very... Yeah, it makes things very complicated, I think, when it comes to evaluating the the midfielders for... For Man City, and I think, I think if it's you know, okay, let, let, let me put it this way: if Man City just had Villa at home, and that was the only fixture they had this week, you would not consider any of these players, right? If I was just like Man City have Villa at home, mm-hmm. do you want to do you want to you want to drop Bruno for a hit <laughs> to have to have KDB or or Mares? No, and I'd be if, like, if, no, <laughs> no chance. It's so true. If it were a single game week, we would just spend 10 minutes talking about what is going on with Man City and why are they not yeah. good at the moment. Yeah. And we would move yeah. on and talk about yeah. uh, how happy and excited we are to have Manchester United players. The fact that it's a double, well, we're yeah. kind of trying to bend this argument into, well, here's a case of why you would want them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's this, where we are. I, I currently have De Bruyne for the other side of that coin, and I'm not planning to get rid of him unless, you know, something horrible happens in the next uh, yeah. week. So, uh, it, but but I, I'm, I'm not feeling like he's a huge differential for me. Uh, it's just kind of like a cool. It's not bad. Yeah, I think that for me, I, I'm still going to bring in, I only have one Man City player at the moment because I, I did decide to go KDB mm, to Can I to guess Bruno. who it is? Any yeah, I, yeah, you can guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he'll never get there. Uh, yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, I do have Erlen Rotten-Holland. Ruben Diaz. Brute. Yeah, Ruben Diaz. That poor guy. What did he ever do? He's the best defender <laughs> what about, in the like a year None ago. of these players asked for this, Josh. <laughs> so weird. Um, so, but just to close on the midfielders for a second, uh, Bernardo, Rodri, Gundogan, Alvarez, I think you have to avoid them all. Uh, it's not clear which they probably. That's there's maybe one start each. Um, maybe none for Alvarez. Hard to say. Um, and then that that brings me to the defenders, though. And Alv- Alvarez, yeah. you, uh, who who started today, you. Uh... Yeah, but I just don't think he played well. Um, I think that Kevin De Bruyne, if he's going to kind of keep playing him in this in this De Bruyne spot, I think De Bruyne probably will start the next two. Um, certainly, certainly De Bruyne will start the man, the Arsenal match. Um, probably will start the Villa match now that he was rotated mm-hmm. um, and then came out and played, played well. So th- at that point, Alvarez, either, either he plays over Kevin De Bruyne, which I think is unlikely, or he plays over Mares, which I, um, which I, or, or I suppose he could play over Holland uh, if Pep decides to rest Holland ahead of the um, Arsenal match, which the only reason I think that could possibly happen would be because um, the Arsenal match is on Wednesday. Uh, Arsenal Man City is on Wednesday. Next week, Wednesday, that is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arsenal play on Saturday uh, and Man City play uh, on Sunday. So Arsenal have a, a full extra day, which, you know, isn't much, but, it, you know, 
four days versus three days is, is, is a pretty is pretty significant, I feel like, in terms of rest and, and recovery. Um, so I think that we could maybe see a slightly funkier uh, Man City squad for... Um, for for game week. so that that's why that's why I think all four of these guys I would just avoid them I just don't trust any of them uh, mm-hmm. just to start enough gotcha. um, and then that brings us to the defenders you have Ake and Akanje Ake is five million Akanje is five point one uh, probably the safest options available my transfer this week I, the, I will be targeting one of these two players almost certainly and the reason for that is uh, and I'm leaning towards Akanji actually because with Stones out I think that Akanji is probably fairly safe to, to start both of these uh, matches. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I just feel like if I don't trust the midfield, uh, then I, I still don't want to have only one Man City player for the, for the double. And, uh, and I still have Cancelo as the 7 million option who um, is just, you know, he's literally, he literally might come not back in the Premier League anymore. Yeah. He's not, not in the Premier League any longer. So I, I need, yeah, he might come back next year. Um, so I, so I might as well solve this problem and Man City playing Game Week 25, and they have some reasonably good defensive fixtures coming up. So I think uh, they're both fun. They don't really offer any kind of attacking threat at all, uh, even 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 Ake. This idea that Ake, because he's playing as a fullback, at, he, not even today, but today he played as a center back. So it's like, who even knows, right? But uh, the idea that um, either one of them is going to get you attacking returns, I think is, is um, you'll be very lucky. It's like the way anybody can get attacking returns over 38 weeks, but I don't see it as, you know, I don't see it as anything you should bank on. Um, but I think, I think there's a chance that Arsenal Man City is a nil nil. I think that there's, there's a possibility that mm-hmm. it just is a super cagey match. And I think that they, there's a good chance they keep a clean sheet uh, at home to Villa. So I think it's fine to, to bring in one of their defenders. Um, it's too bad that there isn't a fun one to bring in. Uh, I, I, you know, none of them really get me excited. I mean, you have, you have Lewis, he's only 3.9 million. He's just too risky for my taste. I just don't trust him enough. I, he could start both those matches. I don't know, but I just, it's not, not for me. How do you feel about Lewis? Like, is he a player you would, you would consider yourself? If you're looking at your transfer for the double then, and you can only afford somebody who's sub 5 million, I would definitely bring in Rico Lewis. I think okay. uh, I I don't have uh, c- bigger concerns about him starting as you as you've noted there are no fullbacks at Manchester City at the moment so yeah and I think Pep's kind of taken Lee, Lewis on as a project uh, like a, a personal project of some kind and he is also then you know, going back to the point I was making about Grealish if for whatever reason it doesn't work out with Rico Lewis. That's an easy player to slot on your bench at, at four million. He's yeah. very cheap. I'm going to need yeah. somebody to replace Bueno at, at some point. I'm I'm feeling, mm-hmm. so the, I yeah. don't feel like there's a huge risk even if it doesn't work for the double with Rico Lewis. But I'm with. I, that's yeah. why I, these are all the reasons why I got Akanji this past week is because he is the yeah. one that's seemingly most uh, secured of yeah. starts. And Which means he won't be starting in that Villa match. Yeah, right? Diaz, no, Laporte, like zero, zero percent. They're, they're all they're all coming in. Um, I, I I think you're right. All right. Well, that brings us to uh, and then Ederson. Again, it's like if you don't have Kepa, just bring him in, right? <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't. I like. I, you're just you eight clean sheets, only two in seven matches since the restart. Watching them play Spurs today. It was hard to feel like this absolutely chaotic backline is is going to be keeping a lot of clean sheets moving forward. I mean, maybe this 
undermines what I've just said about about the the Man City defense. I mean, it, it does undermine what I just said about Man City defense, but um, it just feels like uh, I don't want to be doubled up defensively. That's for sure. Uh, and no. maybe having one just just as like a kind of um, like a like a speculative investment or whatever, you know, yes. I think is fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't be doubled up or, or be excited about a double up for this. Uh, team I think I like the defenders better for that reason. Cause it's easier looking at, at the FPL game over the next couple of months, there will be form defenders and, you know, defenders who have doubles or any, any sort of reason where you'd want to get in a different defender goalkeepers, the fewer transfers you can spend on goalkeepers, all the better. We we struck gold with Keppa, uh, getting these massive yep. hauls coming back from the World Cup. So uh, I won't I won't mess with greatness. But Ederson doesn't offer enough that you would spend a transfer on him and then no. look to have him down the line because you wouldn't really want him long term as you wouldn't want any of these city defenders long term. The only case where an Ederson would make sense maybe is if you had like David De Gea and De Gea doesn't play in 25 so maybe that would be a move that would make sense. Um, yep. There are some defenders out there with yep. him. Yeah, that's so a good like, point. Again, situational. Uh, that's a yeah. good point. But if you had Danny Ward to uh, sub in, then you to could get, live uh, to without get a zero pointer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Danny Ward to get no saves. I was head to head against somebody who had Castagna this week, and I was like, "Oh, did Castagna not play?" Yeah. Just like absolute, yeah, uh, decimation of Leicester defensive <laughs> assets. All right. Well, this has been long. This is probably the longest you and I have ever talked about two teams before. Um, so let's take a quick break. We have a couple of questions. We're going to treat these lightning round style, okay, Brandon? So each question is going to get a thirty mm. second response. Uh, but let's take a quick break first and then we'll get into the questions. All right, Brandon, we're back. We've got a couple of questions. I think we've covered a lot of these. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try to jump around and, uh, and, and just target some things that we, uh, that maybe we didn't get into, um, in, in the, our lengthy, uh, Arsenal Man City discussion, which, which was occasionally FPL centric. It, it dipped into the FPL world from time to time. Um, Lucas E says, if you missed the triple cap for Rashford, is triple capping Holland for the double game week a good time to use it, or should we wait for a better opportunity? I think we wait. I mean, according to Sir Ben Krellen on Twitter, Game week 29 yep. is shaping up to be an insane blockbuster uh, based on yep. EFL Cup results. So I would hold yep. it because I, I just don't think the form that City is exhibiting is good enough. And uh, yeah. there there should there will be definitely another opportunity. I think so, too. Uh, I, I just don't think Man City's team form is good enough at the moment to... It, it, it could work out, but there's also lots of other opportunities where it feels like it could be more of a sure thing. Like, like Rashford felt this week where there's a moment, I'm sure you felt the same way where you're like, should I just hold this? Like, you know, like maybe fun to have it later on. And then yeah. at some point it was like, he's in great form. Man's many under good. They're playing two teams at home. Just, just do it. And you're yeah. not going to, you're almost surely not going to regret it because this floor was so high. Yeah. Um, and so think, wait for, wait for one of those opportunities. And that's the lesson, right? We ultimately just went for Rashford because we felt some level of conviction and if yep. you're really if if you're really asking and you're just kind of not sure that means you don't have that conviction that some would have had with Holland in game week 20 or Rashford this week so that means you hold because yep. it, it that's true that's a good way to right. think about it yeah. if it doesn't yeah if it doesn't feel right don't it's like it's like true of transfers as well if you just don't feel good about it mm-hmm. it's probably like your 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 instincts are, are telling you something that's mm-hmm. likely true 
Um, Stephen Curtis said, thoughts on preparing for the blank game week 25. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. So they'll need to take a hit in 25 to field 11, but want players to transfer out in preparation back for 26. I, I'm not dealing with 26 right now. That that 26 <laughs> will will come with, with the players that I have, plus whatever transfer I make. I I, there, I have one thought that, that to add on to what we talked about earlier, Brandon, which is that if you're on the fence about a transfer for game week 23, the one right in front of us, if the minus, if, you know, and you're like, I don't know if I want to take a minus four or not. If the minus four takes out a player who doesn't play in game week 25, then you could almost just see that as like a minus four that you're pulling forward in order mm-hmm. to, to bring in a, a, a double game week player or, or whatever. And so I think that this is this is where, um, you know, sadly, the Matoma is so because he's been so good recently. And um, but he doesn't really make sense for the next couple of weeks, unfortunately, because he doesn't play in 25. Um, Possibly. So, I do think yeah. that his form is so good and the fixtures are so good for Brighton. Brighton's yeah. fixtures are in 23 Palace followed by Fulham. Then it's the blank. There's a potential double game week in 26 or 27. Otherwise, they play <laughs> West Ham in Leeds. I think Matoma, though, is the exception uh, to the rule where... Uh, if if you're sort of formulating a way to get Matoma in, get him yeah. now while he's in form, and you can get those points. Yeah, and and the way I I'm, and then thinking of planning for game week 25 is maybe there is one exception like Matoma that would that I would feel comfortable only fielding ten players that game week because don't I'm you trying think to capitalize. Don't you think he's instead of being the exception to the rule? Don't you think he's ex- the exception that proves the rule, Brandon? No, no, I'm just kidding. I just want to say that. That's uh, no. Oh, <laughs> no, I think that, I think I think you might be you might be right there. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's move on here. Um, Brian said, "Is is hopping from Martinelli to Saka or Odegaard a no-brainer? Which one would you pick?" No, I, I don't think it's a no-brainer. I think that it's something you could consider. Uh, I think that for a minus, it depends on whether it's on a free. I love it. On a minus four, I'm I'm feeling a little less reluctant because I just. I mean, Brentford are pretty good too. Like yeah. they're they're not like they're, this is not like having Forest at home for one of these these two matches. I mean, Brentford are they're they're not as strong, you know, away. Uh, they are they are really good at home and not not quite as strong away. So I, I think that I certainly hope and expect Arsenal to win that match. But um, I don't know. I, I I think that it's uh, I don't think it's a no brainer. I think that it's mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a gamble for sure. And um, whether it's worthwhile or not. I am leaning towards not making that gamble myself at the moment. Josh, we are in agreement. Uh, I'm only doing it on a free transfer, otherwise keeping. Yeah. I mean, four points, I don't know. I mean, some people are just more hit-heavy than you and I are, I think, and and just in general. I just don't like sacrificing points, and especially if I'm dropping starters. It's just Mm -hmm. not some. uh, Yeah, Sting, I mean, he came off the 59th minute this week. It was was really annoying, but that that is not happening every week. And so, um, and you'll have, you know, hey, if he comes to the 59th minute twice, Brandon, that's two points right there. That's one point doubled. So uh, there (laughs) you go. That's two points more than you had before. That ju- yeah. Just to sim- simply and elegantly answer Brian's question, Saka over Ordegaard, if you have the money. Yeah, I think I think so too. I think that it's, uh, yeah, I, I just I just think you're going to get more from him long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier in the pod, um, and so uh, let's see. David C says it's fairly early days, but considering the cheap prices, should we take another look at a revamped Everton squad, or is it too soon to go to go anywhere with the, with the Everton squad? 
Well, I, I suppose it's too soon. I guess my, my other issue would be, who are you dropping for Everton players? I, I'm just like, I'm having trouble fitting all the guys that I already want into my squad. So yeah. um, I, I'm happy for Everton, but I, I don't rate them any more highly yeah. than any of the other people who are already bubbling up in fantasy. Maybe like a shot at Tarkowski move. Um, 25 could, could maybe make sense. I mean, they have a really nice run from, I mean, you're even, I don't know, 20, let's see. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're going to play Leicester at home, so it wouldn't be 24, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's Villa, Forest, Brentford are the, are the 25, 26, 27 fi- fixtures. So I, I think a lot of people are, are going to find themselves a little caught short when game eight, 25 rolls around and not quite know what to do. And I think that, um, I would only look at their defenders. I'm, I'm with, you. I don't see anything. Uh, although Calvert Lewin did look okay, um, I thought that he um, mm-hmm. he played played f- okay. I, I just wouldn't trust any of their attackers. But defensively, it seems like he's already kind of righted the ship there. Fair. So I, I would feel okay about bringing an Everton defender. Um, we'll talk more about them next week, though. I think this uh, it's just that that pro- the Everton thing. Also, they play Liverpool in twenty three, so it's an easy kind of one week punt. Let's see mm-hmm. how they look when they play away to Liverpool, you know, at Anfield. And um, if they look really good, then then yeah, we're they're a, they're a major theme of next week's podcast. Um, <laughs> all right, two last, que- uh, two last questions. Uh, Taylor Ferguson says, uh, is Bruno to Arsenal and Arsenal mid an easy-ish decision? I, th- I, I, to a degree, I think so. Well, I don't think it is. I, I, think, it's, I, I think it's... I suppose he is the mo- uh, most obvious guy to move to an Arsenal yeah. mid if you need money, if you need one to two million to do another move that you need slash want to do, yeah. I'm fine. Because I, I do think Rashford is the quote-unquote cover for the Manchester United attack at the moment. Yeah. Now, yeah. The, they kind of changed for me this week. I was feeling all very proud of myself going in with both Bruno and De Bruyne into game week 22. And now yeah. certain plans where I had to get rid of Bruno uh, for cash. Why not get rid of De Bruyne for, for the yeah. cash? So yeah. um, I, I don't know. It, it, United's form looks very uh, sustainable, I think, is the way to look at that. Yeah. And the, the I mean, the thing about Man City, too, is that it's really, I mean, their 24 and 25 fixtures are like as good as it gets. Um, they're almost too good as part of the problem. They play mm-hmm. uh, Forest, Forest and Bournemouth uh, in, in 24 and 25. And that will be wrapped around the start. Well, it'll be three days after the first one will be three days after they uh, play Arsenal. And then they start their Champions League the next week. And then they play away um, to, to Bournemouth the next week. And so. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not like he's going to field like a, a, in like a completely second tier squad, but I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see some pretty significant rotation. Uh, one, if not both those matches. Wait, Forrest and Bournemouth. I'm looking at the United fixtures and in 24. Oh, Man, Man, no, I'm talking oh. about Man, Man City. I'm talking about okay. Man City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want them all. Yeah. I want to have all yeah. the players. Yeah, <laughs> I might confuse. Maybe I got confused. I don't know. Man United, Arsenal, Man City. They're they're in everyone's mind right now. We all have like nine. Nine of my eleven players are, are going to be those guys. Um, so I don't think it's easy though. I, I think that's for sure. Um, and 
Final question is uh, T-Boy. He says, is it worth a minus four or minus eight to bring in two city assets or is that too risky? I think we have resolved that one, right? We have. It is not worth it, T-Boy. Sorry, T-Boy. Uh, all right, that's that's your famous pod. risk taker T boy has been re- rebuffed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry, T boy. Uh, I hope that pod was uh, was fun and interesting, and uh, we're gonna uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go now. But thank you so much, everyone, for for listening. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating, uh, and uh, you can get access to that extra podcast each week. We'll certainly be doing another one on Thursday um, this week, and uh, yeah, you can talk to us on our on our Discord um, and get T-shirts and all kinds of all their you know Patreon goodies. Um, so, uh, Brandon, do you want to thank our producer patron, <laughs> our producer yes. patrons? Um, yes, we, we, we love you. Thank you, producers Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, the big gaffer, Bobas Coon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Janos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, and FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Volker Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Roberto Morals, Thomas Tislov, and Noah and Louise. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, as well as YouTube. YouTube.com slash at always cheating, right. where now audio versions of our podcast yeah. are available. Follow my, us on. Yes, yeah. yes, go ahead. Do you have I a was YouTube say question? My, 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 well, I was going to say my, my plea was heard. We, we picked up a, a yeah. number of new YouTube subscribers this week. So I, I want to get a respectable follower number on there, Brandon. So I was, was fiddling around with the YouTube live live connectivity. So congratulations to our friend Roar, who watched a a 30-second long YouTube live of me uh, seeing if it worked or not. Which I said <laughs> Good. Oh, we, we should use that soon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. So well, watch this space, we will say. All this information and more is at your fingertips at alwayscheating.com. Joshua, let's go. Marcus Rashford, uh, bring it home, let's baby. Go. That's right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.